PM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast where board studying continues to be enjoyable. My name is Blake Briggs, comma MD, co-founder, co-host of this podcast, and I'm joined today by the one and only Dr. Iltafat Hussein. What's up? Hey, this is a continuing series of collaboration, a collab as we call it. Collab. Collab. With ASEP's peer board review. It's the one that your peers say is closest to the boards. Boom. They give us awesome questions from their peer database, and we give them our awesome voices. Sounds like a pretty good trade-off. Thanks, ASAP. <laughs> for each 15-minute episode, you gain high-yield board knowledge. As we like to say, come for the stems and stay for the content. You can sign up on our website for free updates and episodes, printed handouts, free review quizzes, and most of all, the coolest thing, the latest and greatest, the world-renowned airway module. That everyone is doing. Everyone's doing. Everyone's doing Hundreds it. of people are doing it. Pretty awesome. You can test your knowledge on topics by going to our website at emboardbombs.com. That's emboardbombs.com. Also on Twitter and Instagram, at emboardbombs. Dr. Hussein, are you ready for the topic? Yes. All right. You're reading this one. What do we got today? Yes. Let's go right into it. A 35-year-old man presents complaining of sudden, severe, tearing pain with bowel movements. Eww. Yeah. He says he has a burning sensation between bowel movements. He has not noticed any swelling, but says that he once saw, quote, tons of blood, end quote, on the toilet paper. Rivers of blood. Yes, rivers. He also says that it was a, quote, bloodbath, end quote. Uh, He's eager to show you a picture. After accidentally showing you an inappropriate picture that he was in the process of sending to his Tinder date, (laughs) which is tonight, and which is also the reason why he came in to get this checked out. And after your eyes have stopped screaming, you finally see the correct picture, which is a piece of toilet paper that has a tiny penny-sized amount of blood on it. (laughs) Physical examination is limited by intense pain on performance of digital rectal exam. Which of the following is the correct initial treatment for this patient's condition? A. Botulin toxin injection. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed at that. Sorry, not trying to influence your decision to pick that answer. <laughs> Keep going. B, elliptical incision. C, topical nitroglycerin. D, wash regimen. What's the correct answer, Dr. Briggs? Hmm, correct answer here is going to be not Botox. No. Nope. It's going to be the wash regimen. You got it. You here got it. Go. There's some really good ones here. <laughs> Where we'll be able to knock out at least two questions you're going to get on the boards. And some of this stuff is so bread and butter. Hey, just so we're, I want to make sure we're inclusive, everyone, in this podcast. Yes. And for those of you not in America, the American penny is one cent coin and it measures approximately 20 millimeters. Thank you for doing that because we've gotten a huge spike in our Australian readership recently. What does this guy have? So he's got an anal fissure. All right. They're the most common cause of severely painful acute rectal pain that's for sure you know so a mm-hmm. fissure what is a fissure it's a tear in the anoderm most common in patients who are constipated we'll talk about some of those causes of constipation later mm-hmm. patients often report seeing bright 
red blood on the toilet paper or in the stool. It's painful at rest and it's worse with defecation. That's key to know. That's key to know, right? But yes, not rivers of blood. Not rivers of blood. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and that's why that stem was set up the way it was because I bet you that's pretty accurate with what you see in the... <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of what you see, typically we accidentally do see Tinder photos. Yes, that that is fact. That happened to one of my nurses one time, and she had to sit down for five minutes and just stare outside the window quietly. And wash her eyes <laughs> yes. out. So, moving on. Again, treatment for all anal fissures includes the wash regimen. This is... Wash on, wash, on, wash, wash off. off yeah. Warm water, sits bath, analgesic agents, stool softeners, and high-fiber diet. I always feel bad saying sits baths to patients because you'll just ask them, like, do you know what that is? I'm like, nope. <laughs> Can you just break it down for me, doc? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I usually give handouts for that. Yeah. Because I even when I sit there and explain it to them, they're like, what? <laughs> what? Hey, so uh, speaking of uh, analgesic agents, what are you thinking in this? Yeah, and uh, I don't think particular. Instance? I don't think they'll ask you specifically what some of those are because yeah. they vary so much. But we're talking about no, that's plenty so, low yield. Yeah, there's some steroid treatments and things like that. Um, but the key thing is to know that regimen. Sure, but, you know, Doctor Briggs, we got to get into this location too because that's going to be another bomb that you're going to be delivering. Uh, they mm-hmm. they're going to ask this too. Um, where are most of these located? So it's going to be most commonly located at the posterior midline. And that's where two things are happening. The muscle fibers that surround the anus are weakest there. And also the blood supply here is the weakest too. I've had these test questions. They ask you straight up, hey, where's the most common location of a anal fissure? And when we're talking about location, it also matters about causes. So in general, primary anal fissures are caused by local trauma. So that's like constipation, repeated diarrhea, vaginal delivery, anal sex, uh, that is all going to be located in the posterior midline where we just talked about. And uh, one of those other uh, causes could be multiple ER visits with the complaint of blood and stool, uh, which essentially results in multiple rectal exams being performed, Ugh, maybe by an intern as well. Uh, just, okay. <laughs> or, med or med student. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I once saw, I walked in while uh, Officer intern was doing a rectal exam. I was like, whoa, are you, are you doing a rectal? Are you doing something? <laughs> what is going on? And it was, it, to their credit, it was like the first time they were doing it. So they, they were like, I don't know how far I'm supposed to do this. It's actually interesting, you know, in med, in med school, um, look, you know, thinking back, at least in my med school, this was like a one day thing. Right. Yeah. They like taught you as a med student one day how to do a sensitive exam like the, we like bundled them all together so obviously there were paid um, actors whatever but you do a rectal exam a breast exam and a pelvic exam boom one day you're done i'm like wait that's it that's it all right <laughs> hope i know what i'm doing yeah sounds great all right so fissures that are located outside the midline these are typically associated with a secondary cause not always but you need to have a high suspicion so they are associated with systemic disease and they need further workup. What are these? Well, so think HIV and STDs. Think cancer. Think tuberculosis, of course, because it's always TB. And then think Crohn disease. And what are the complications here if fissures are not treated? So both primary and secondary fissures, if they're not treated, you can have deep ulceration. You can have sentinel pile, which is this crazy term for edematous and hypertrophic skin. Looks awful. So how do we tell the difference between hemorrhoids and fissures? I feel like this is commonly confused, and people always blame hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids get such a bad rap, but hemorrhoids are always 
blamed on the physical exam or the history saying, oh, it's probably just a hemorrhoid, it's pain with defecation. Can you can you go ahead and summarize kind of why why there's a huge difference and why we messed that yeah, up? Yeah, you need to know this because it's pretty basic, but it's going to be on your boards. And these are what we call just silly questions that you can easily just answer right on the boards. Difference between the two, hemorrhoidal bleeding is almost always painless. So again, hemorrhoidal right. bleeding is almost always painless, and it's associated with the yeah. bowel movement, also can be spontaneous. The blood is typically bright red and coats the stool at the end of defecation or may drip into the toilet. So occasionally, that bleeding can be pretty significant and can be exacerbated by straining. And in rare cases, you can see chronic blood loss um, causing iron deficiency anemia. Super rare. Super rare. Irritation or itching of perianal skin is a common symptom of hemorrhoidal disease. If defecation is painful, it's not a hemorrhoid and think fissure. Again, if defecation is painful, think fissure. Unless it is a thrombosed hemorrhoid, but they're not going to try to confuse you there, honestly. No, they're not. And the physical exam is clearly different for those for two. For those two, right? So just really, it, right. let's break it down easy. That's what we like to do on board bombs. Pain, think fissure. Painless, think hemorrhoid. Absolutely. And I think that's a totally good point. Now, Ildefad, I feel like you're holding back this this whole episode on something. I mean, I could tell. In oh, are voice. you going to let me do it? You're going to let me get on my soapbox? Yeah, just, just you need to get on your soapbox. Get off your chest. All right, don't hold me back. Don't hold me back. Hey, can we talk about water? Can we talk about how water is like really important to prevent constipation, which causes a lot of these issues? Because patients will be like, well, all the Miralax I'm taking isn't working or all the Colace I'm taking isn't working. And then I ask them, are you drinking water with it? Because some, you know, a lot of these substances need water to actually work. Or really, your bowel needs water to function, right? I, I believe that's mm -hmm. one of the ingredients to actually get it to function there, right, right? Isn't there so, water no, no, no. in soda? Here, I'm, I'm just going here. I'm just going here, Briggs. All right? <laughs> just stop. Just stop. I got, Look, and then I ask them, how much water do you drink? I drink plenty of water. Well, what do you drink? I drink teas. I drink Coke. I'm like, that's not water. How do you think that's water? And they'll say, well, it's liquid. I'm like, no, that's liquid sugar. That is a carbohydrate that you are intaking in a liquid form. You're intaking liquid carbohydrate. It's not water. It's H2O. <laughs> It's not H2O, Blake. It's not a good idea, right, Blake? I mean, does that sound like that's a good idea? I don't think that sounds like it's a good idea. And can we talk about H2O, how it's so great? I mean, it's like this solid form, gaseous form. It's liquid, you know? I mean, H2O, a water molecule, H2O. <laughs> this is a polar covalent bond it's amazing how it works and connects to each other and does all that stuff you know let's take it back to uh you know organic chemistry this is a fundamental aspect that allows your bowel to function appropriately appropriately and they'll be like i drink plenty of water and it's the quantity and i talk about the quantity and I'm like what you know two glasses of water i'm like that's not enough that's not enough and then i say can you drink eight glasses of water today is that okay and they'll look at me and they'll roll their eyes and I'll say, well, how much are you smoking? Oh, two packs a day. I'm like, hey, with every <laughs> cigarette that you smoke, just drink like half a glass of water. Is that okay? Can you do that? Can you do that? Or just quit smoking. Or just quit smoking. I mean, that'd be the most ideal, Blake, you know? But that's all I'm asking. Is it too, I think it's too much to ask for. I think it's just too much to ask for. You know, why am I asking for all this? I don't know. I don't know. I have so many water talks with patients. I think literally half my conversations are related to water. That that is you a, know stop a Blake just stop. stop don't don't interrupt okay I got to keep going here all right you know half the talks you know what no I'm gonna stop you're right I'm gonna stop we got we got to go through the choices here 
Oh yeah, that's right. I'm done. I'm done. By the way, I'm walking away. Rant, right, rant, rant over. over. Right, mic down. You got it. Bye. Hey, let's evaluate why the other choices are wrong. So, much to everyone's surprise, botulinum toxin injection is not the right answer. <laughs> it can reduce sphincter pressure and provide some relief, but it is not the initial treatment recommendation. Complications of Botox, of course, include incontinence due to mm. relaxation of the sphincter. And honestly, no ER doc should be doing this. Is anyone doing this? Is this an ER thing? No, because, you know, if you drink water, you don't need to do that. <laughs> All right, I'll oh stop. I'm, stop. I'm done. All right. So choice B, elliptical incision. That is a correct procedure for opening and excising the clot from a thrombosed hemorrhoid in the emergency department. That's a whole different question, and that is something that is a great procedure we can do as ER docs. That is not the treatment for fissures. You might get asked on... The boards, the type of incision, elliptical is key. So just remember that keyword. Absolutely. Yep. Little pearl. Topical nitroglycerin, I would say, is probably the second commonly most picked answer choice out of this presentation. Topical nitro decreases the severe pain caused by anal spasm associated with the fissure. It is not first-line therapy due to the side effects of nitroglycerin. First-line therapy is still the WASH regimen. Correct. And that's why topical nitro is important, as Dr. Briggs mentioned, for those spasms, because those spasms can be pretty severe. So when you have patients coming in and they're having like severe pain, especially when it's coming in waves, you really should be thinking about that as go-to to treat the pain. Uh, But when it comes to actual treatment, the boards are going to want you to know that it's bread Mm -hmm. and butter WASH regimen. Yeah. And then really, honestly, what's the end point of fissures? So in general, acute fissures resolve with medical management. And if there are secondary fissure, the causes we mentioned above, addressing the underlying causes. Chronic fissures, which we won't even get into, that's not ER related, they will have referral, hopefully to a colorectal surgeon or a GI doc. From there, sphincterotomy is the most talked about successful treatment for chronic fissures, although it's not the initial treatment and nothing you have to worry about. This is more of just an educational, that's the down the line. Right. So let's summarize here. So board bomb number one, anal fissures are the most common cause of acute onset severe rectal pain. They can involve rectal bleeding, but it's very sparse rectal bleeding, not heavy amounts. Board bomb number two. Anal fissures are most common found along the posterior midline. If they're located anywhere else laterally, they are associated with systemic diseases like STDs, such as HIV and chlamydia, such as cancer, such as tuberculosis, such as Crohn's disease. And in the order of treatment, we're going to do WASH regimen with outpatient referral for Botox or surgery. The WASH regimen, again, includes what, Dr. Hussein? Warm water, sits baths, analgesic mm-hmm. agents, stool mm-hmm. softeners, and high-fiber diet, mm-hmm. Hey, do you think we should change it? No, we're not. We're not going to put the water. You know what I mean? They need to intake water. They do, Briggs. They do. Should, should we do like wash? <laughs> I am just like just fired up. I'm still fired up. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. You should pick up kickboxing. Oh, man. Don't get me into that. Hey, wash on, wash off. Yes. All right. I'm taking us out before you get any more aggressive. Drink water. I think we already know. I think we already know what the title of this podcast is going to be, by the way. <laughs> All right, that's another board bomb delivered. Remember, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at emboardbombs. We're also on Instagram and growing rapidly. Please drop us an Apple review. Don't stop dropping us Apple reviews. We had a flurry of them a few months ago. Please, if you're new to the podcast, if you've been a longtime listener, either one, you haven't dropped an Apple review, we promise you it takes 30 seconds. Please jump on. Drop a sentence or two. Drop a few words. 
These reviews really help us. We would greatly appreciate it. Make it as witty as possible. We don't care. Drop a written Apple review. It is so helpful. Yeah, we need to pass 200. We need to pass 200 reviews. Yeah, we would love. Please help us. Uh, We want to keep the shindig going. Thanks again for those awesome questions. And your comments are always appreciated. Dr. Zane, you got anything else? Drink water. Drink water. Drink plenty of water. And water does not consist of teas and things mixed in. Yeah. (laughs) All right. See you next time. Bye.